This is Clutch Fans. And by the way, shout out to the Clutch fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty. I'm honored to have with me today Matt Brazzi, uh, the new coach of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Matt is no stranger to Rockets fans as he's a former assistant coach with the Vipers and has been with the Rockets uh, as director of player development the past two seasons. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on today. You know, you play basketball at Arizona. You come from a basketball family, uh, your grandfather being Arizona legend, Lute Olson. In talking with people at the Rockets, uh, you have a reputation of, of being a gym rat, a guy, uh, first one in the gym, uh, last one to go home. How did growing up around a basketball family impact, you know, that about you and, and some of your philosophies today? Yeah, it impacts me greatly. I mean, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a basketball family and it evolved into, you know, something I've loved and, and had a passion about since a young age. And, you know, I've just continued to grow and grow throughout my, my professional career. I mean, I, ha- I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, with my grandpa being a, a hall of fame coach, um, to grow up in the gym. And I had those opportunities to, you know, he'd pick me up in the mornings. I'd go to practice with him when I was a little kid, watch practice and just listen to everything he had and absorb it all. And, in the summers, my sister and I would go to his basketball camps, and there's three weeks long all-day camps that we'd be there, and, you know, that's all we really knew. We were excited um, to go to summer camps all the time, excited to go to his games, his practices, and it rubbed off on both my sister and I. As she also played at Arizona, and she's a, an assistant coach in the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, so we are definitely, you know, still to this day super close with our grandfather and, and talk to him all the time that, you know, he's been a big influence on both of our lives and we've kind of followed his his footsteps and it's interesting we both coach in, in the professional level and my sister had a, a brief time where she was at Loyola Marymount as assistant coach before she went uh into the WNBA, but you know, he's definitely a great resource to us that we can call all the time and and talk to. Um and he follows the Rockets very closely. We've had a good number of Arizona Wildcats players uh, the past couple of years uh, on our roster, which has been, which has been fun to have. Um, and also for him to be able to watch and have a good relationship with those guys that I was coaching here. And, you know, I think going into my work ethic, it's, it's kind of comes from him. He was a, a guy that was always a, a, a tireless worker was always in the gym, um, always trying to get his team to be as best they could as possible on the court. So I think, you know, it's, me watching him through all those years growing up and um, continuing through my playing career and my first my first coaching opportunities came with him. So I've kind of learned from him the whole way up. You mentioned the Arizona guys. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Jason Terry and Nick Johnson right off the uh, the top of my head here. Was that is that hard? A guy Nick Johnson that you've been you've worked with, developed, and and uh, gets traded. You know, a guy who out of Arizona as well. Is that difficult when he gets traded for you personally? 
Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, Nick's a guy that I first saw him play when he was in seventh grade playing in our in our camps. And so I've known Nick and his family for a long time. I actually coached his older brother when I was an assistant coach at uh, Grand Canyon University. So I've known Nick for a long time. So it, it goes from, you know, the emotions of being really excited when we draft him to him being here and work with him all year. And Nick did a great job for us. And then just as, as the world of basketball goes at this level, you know, there's trades that happen all the time. And, um, you know, I think Nick's got a good opportunity to flourish in, uh, in Denver. So, you know, I'm excited for his, his next growth in, in his professional career, but it's, it's one of those things that's, uh, you know, always tough when you're close with a guy like that. And, you know, it's not just the Arizona guys, you get close to all the guys you're working with every day. And then last season we had Jason Terry with us and he was, you know, a, a guy that was on my grandpa's national championship team. And I, I was a kid in high school running around um, <laughs> with those guys the whole time. So it's kind of, kind of cool how it goes full, uh, full circle. And then my first year out here, we had Chase Budinger and Jordan Hill out here who That's I, right. um, who I coached while I was at Arizona. So it's, it's always interesting when you go from coaching a guy in college and then a couple of years ago, you're coaching him in the pros. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, unique experience that that i've been able to go through with all those guys you know now you're back with the vipers and uh most of us as as rocket fans that watch the vipers from a perspective of uh you know development for the rockets we have this view of them of a team that likes to shoot a lot of threes uh, have set records doing that at the same time in mcallen i know you guys uh if you score 120 points or more you get free tacos uh, so I guess my question would be, you know, how many tacos can we expect this year? Do you guys can plan to continue that philosophy of shooting a lot of threes, scoring a lot of points? Yeah, I mean, we're going to try and feed everyone down in the valley, that's for sure. <laughs> I think those tacos are awesome down there. So I, I definitely like getting those 120 because that means I get to eat too. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but, yeah, but seriously, I mean, we're going we're gonna to play hard. We're going to play fast. We're going to play up-tempo, um, you know, and it's going to be about the guys playing the right way. It's not going to be – you know, just just running down and and getting a lot of three attempts up, but it's going to be be pushing the ball, trying to attack, trying to get to the rim, um, and, and then get open three. So we're gonna you know play with those philosophies, and you know we want it to be be up tempo. We want to to get a roster that we have guys that those are their strengths and they can play to their abilities, and then you know that's that's kind of how we're gonna do things. And then with any Rockets players we have down there um, to develop them as most as possible in in the system that we're running up here in Houston and uh, get them ready so whenever they're they're called upon and have the opportunity that they're ready to go similar to a a Clint Capella this year where he spent you know most of the season down in the D League and to Clint's credit he worked hard he took advantage of the opportunity and you know that's what the D League's really for is those guys going down there realizing the opportunity that they have and working on their game and. I think it paid off, and all the Rockets fans uh, saw the value of him being in the D-League this year when he had a great great run in the playoffs and provided some valuable minutes for us this year. Absolutely. Did that shock you, though? I mean, for us as fans, we saw that as, you know, a guy who was pretty raw, was developing over there, and then he comes, you know, late into the season and just has that impact, I thought, you know, in, in short minutes right away. Was that a shock from your perspective, you know, being working with him every day? I mean, it wasn't a shock to me at all. Clint's a, a great young talent, and he is really raw. And I think that's what you know the D League was for was to get him down there last year, work, and you know, Coach uh, Nevada Smith down there and his staff did a great job of working with him all the time and developing him. And you know, 
it's it's a thing and I've always believed in that the 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 way to get better is to get game reps and go through things because you can't simulate everything that's going to happen based off of drills or individual workouts. So, you know, if Clint was with us in the Rockets all last year and wasn't getting time and we're just doing individual workouts with him and everything like that, it gets it gets monotonous over time and you know, you don't have the game reps where there's so many different valuable uh variables going on. So, you know, I think that was the big thing for Clint was he was able to get a good number of games under his belt at a professional level, playing the way we want to play. Um, and then he was able to come in and have confidence because they had already had success throughout the season at the D-League level down with the Vipers. You know, as a coach uh, here with the Vipers, I mean, you want to win games, but, you know, kind of like a college coach, you have this goal of, of developing future NBA players and, and getting players to the next level. How much impact, you know, does development of NBA assignees or guys that are brought over have, in your opinion, on in-game strategy, uh, rotations, and, and how, how you manage the game? I mean, it will have an effect on how uh, you manage game and in-game strategies. Um, our Rockets players are our priority, and we're trying to get them ready to produce at the NBA level. So we want to put them in positions, give them opportunities, and give them all the attention they need, whether it's you know, individual skill work, system work, um, or film sessions just to help them learn. So, you know, that is the value of having a, a one-to-one relationship with our D-League team and being able to to groom those guys. We have a long history of, of grooming those guys and uh, helping them improve so they can help us here. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's a big priority, but you also want to get, you know, your D-League guys on your roster. You want to make them better. You want to get them. Uh, called up and enjoy their dreams of of playing in the NBA. So when I was an assistant coach down there three years ago, I think we had six different players get NBA call ups, and it wasn't necessarily with the Rockets every team every time. But you know, you feel a joy as a coach, uh, similar like you mentioned, college coach, where you get a guy drafted in the NBA. Well, you can get the same thing in the uh, in the D League when you got a guy that's just playing so hard and he's working and he's coachable and he's playing the right way when they get a call up and you're able to tell them, you know, congratulations, you're flying, you know, to this city tomorrow and you're going to be playing in your first NBA game. So that's, that's part of the joy of coaching in the D league too, is, you know, you get to develop uh, players for, for, for the Rockets and our, our NBA team, but you also get to give guys an opportunity to, to fulfill all their dreams there. And then also as, as a staff, you know, you grow a lot and you get to develop as, as a coach as well when you're down there. You know, and, and I'm sure you do get a lot of joy out of that. Is it is it tough at the same time? Because, you know, you have to balance the fact that, you know, you have a guy who's a big part of your team, and then the next day he's gone. I, mean, I think I remember Andrew Goudlock, a similar situation, I think, going into the playoffs. Is that a difficult aspect of the job? Yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough. And uh, for, you know, the example you mentioned, Goudlock, we had played one game in the playoffs, and then he got called up when uh, Kobe blew his Achilles at the end of that season. So Goudlock got called up. We're one game into the playoffs. Um, but you're happy for the guy. He's been working so hard for you to, uh, you, you know, to he's improving, he's helping your team win, and he's a great person that you're happy to see him achieve his dreams um, of getting that call call up back to the NBA in his case. But I think a lot of the coaching too is, you know, you got to have next man up mentality. So you got guys in your roster, you're developing the whole roster the whole time. So when a guy gets the opportunity to get called up, you got to have a next guy ready and a next guy hungry because he might be the next guy getting called up too. So you got to, you know, work with your whole roster. You 
you know, only have 10 active D league players on your roster. So it's a, a smaller roster than your typical NBA roster. So you're able to give attention to those guys and just make sure you keep everyone positive and everyone ready the whole time. Because, you know, really when you're in the, the D league, you're, you know, one, just one call away from being in the NBA, whether it's, you know, a team searching for someone in your position or a team has a certain injury and, you know, you're the next phone call and you're getting a call up. So it's, uh, you know, it helps keep guys in tune that, you know, it can happen so quick and they see teammates getting called up and they know that they could be the next one. You know, it's been, the Vipers have been called sort of like Daryl Morey's laboratory. They certainly have been uh, one of the most innovative NBA teams uh, as far as how they use their D league. Uh, is it exciting for you to be able to try out, you know, NBA level ideas, bring your own to NBA level ideas to the table, you know, concepts and plays that the Rockets maybe would like to try out uh, and do that before they actually consider them at the NBA level. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, Daryl Morey is the smartest GM out there. He's he does a great job um, with everything. He has great ideas. He's a great outside the box thinker and in a you know non traditional way of hey, let's try this. Do you think this will work? And you know, so he's he's really good at communicating that and talking with you and you know having a you know a realistic conversation if it's something we should try or not and then for me being a basketball guy it's always good to to think of new things or you know if the management thinks of something else to look into it dive to it study and then implement it so I think it's it it makes it exciting that's kind of new level you're always trying to find new ways to gain an extra possession here or there get an extra point here or there which you know can affect your whole season right there when you get down to it so it's it's definitely fun to you know, think about different ways and bounce different ideas off uh, Daryl and the, the rest of management out there. You worked with Chris Finch in Houston, uh, someone who's been in this exact same position uh, with RGV. Uh, you've worked with Kevin McHale, who's had all kinds of uh, success at the NBA level uh, in different roles as well. How much did those two help you, uh, you know, perhaps give you any advice or help prepare you for this role? Yeah, they helped a lot. Um, coach finch i talk to him all the time you know and we talk about everything basketball and that includes uh includes the d league uh nick nurse who i coach for um with the vipers who's now with toronto and him are really good friends they both coach on the great britain national team so you know chris is just a great basketball mind that we we talk all the time about it in d league stuff and you know as i'm preparing for the d league we're you know going to sit down and meet and discuss ideas and different things to do and being my first head coaching job, he's, you know, offering me advice and helping me out. And, you know, it's good knowing he's a resource that's one phone call away within the organization that can always help me. That's, that's been in that position, been successful as a head coach, won a, won a championship in the D league. So he's a really good tool and resource that I know is just a phone call away when I'm down there. Um, and coach McHale, you know, he's been a, a great support the whole time since I got here. I started as an intern, her, his first season here, you know, been with coach throughout his his tenure here and he's just been been great and he's excited for me and you know thinks it's a a good opportunity for my career and he's excited to uh to see me go down to the valley you know i want to ask you about uh donatus motionis and terrence jones these are two players you've worked with a lot both when they were with you know stints in the vipers when you were there uh, and as director of player development the last couple years obviously have worked uh, hard with those guys they now are sort of thrust into this role. Maybe then they're not. Maybe they're not uh, unfamiliar with it because they've certainly played big minutes the, the last few years. But you know, Josh Smith is is not back. 
uh, these guys are, are going to be counted on heavily on a, on a championship level team. Uh, how big is it this season for them that, you know, before they're, they got one year left before free agency, how big is it this season for them to sort of take that big step? Yeah, it's a, it's a huge season for both of them and, and the whole team as well. I mean, it's a, it's an exciting time in Houston where it's a, you know, a, ch- a championship level roster um, that, you know, you can put them down on paper and we can compete with anyone. So I think it's, it's big for them at their position. They're both, you know, a couple of years into their NBA career, but they've also got a lot of great experience too. And dating back to our, our days in the Valley together, they, they came down there and they were great down in the Valley. They came down and, you know, a big thing about the D league is being able to embrace being down there and get, uh, get what you need out of it and improve and then come back to your parent team. So I think those guys both had a good mindset in terms of they were going down to the D league. They knew why they're going down to the D league. They knew what they needed to improve on and, and they've done it. And credit to them that they're, you know, both, you know, Demo started a majority of our games for us uh, this year before his injury. And, you know, Terrence has played big minutes and was started the year before. So those guys have, you know, had big time roles, um, in the NBA and I think they're ready for it. And, you know, it's been, been great to work with those guys and kind of grow with those guys. And I'm really close with, uh, with Demo. And during the summers, I've traveled over to Lithuania with him twice to run his camps and work with him over there. So we have a good, good relationship where we're together in the gym, um, basically all the time. So it's, uh, it's going to be sad not being with those guys all the time this year, but I know they're going to do, uh, I know they're going to do a great job up here, and you know I'm confident in both those guys. You know, it was interesting. I, it looked like Demo was struggling first five, ten games last year, and I thought, you know, maybe this is not going to, maybe he's not going to round that corner. But boy, he really had a great season. Uh, seemed to to take that next step, and uh, ho- hoping uh, he comes back strong and healthy this year. Yeah, he's just a, you know a real smart, smart basketball player, and he, you know, he's a basketball guy. That's what he cares about, and that's what he loves to do all the time, and. You know, on top of that, he's a hard worker too. So that's, you know, that's a great thing to have when you're that passionate and have that IQ and the worker too. So, you know, if he continues to progress from his back, I think he's going to be, you know, be ready for another great season like he had uh, this season before the back sideline. Uh, you worked with the Rockets Summer League team. I just want to ask you about uh, about a couple guys on the Summer League team. Uh, the first one being Christian Wood out of UNLV. Uh, this was a guy who was highly touted. Coming out of high school, uh, you know, played the one year at UNLV, was injured. Um, so we really haven't seen a whole lot of him. We saw him uh, sort of in, in bits and pieces uh, in the summer league. Um, long guy. What what have you seen out of him? What what impressed you about him at summer league? Yeah, Christian. He's he's a he's a young kid. He's I think he's only twenty years old right now, um, and and just a guy that's he's a positive attitude guy. So that's first and foremost what you like to see is it. Mm-hmm. As a guy that's willing to come in, willing to work, um, he's got great length, as you mentioned um, earlier, and he, he's got a chance to be a really good uh, long defender. I think that he he's got good uh, good footwork. He can run. Um, that he has the ability to you know disrupt shots, alter shots, block shots um, on the defensive end. That I think it's something that if he you know really focuses on is is getting in the right spots, altering shots, and then, then getting rebounds. That like he can be, you know, a really, really good player, you know, and then his, his offense will come around too as well. But I think, you know, he's a guy with, with tons of potential and a guy that, you know, needs to get a little stronger and understand his body a little bit more. But, you know, he definitely has uh, great tools to work with. 
I wanted to ask you as well about Montrez Harrell, uh, a guy that we got to see a lot in summer league. Just what you saw from him. I mean, I think a lot of people have compared him to Kenneth Freed, fairly or unfairly, but certainly seemed to be a guy who likes to dunk. What impressed you about him at summer league? Yeah, Montrez, the thing, you know, you saw, I think it was the, the last game in summer league where he had a ton of offensive rebounds. I mean, he was going to the glass. He was relentless. He was going to snatch above the rim, putting it back in. So, you know, that's that's kind of his his thing that's made him successful is playing with a high motor, playing with lots of energy, you know, always, always scrapping, always hustling, um, that I think, you know, he is, you know, you mentioned uh, Fareed a little bit like that where he's just going to go in there, he's going to rebound, he's going to be a position defender and, uh, you know, get get a lot of those those 50-50 balls that are around um, and just really be able to, to clean those up. So I think, you know, with, with him, his biggest skill right now is his, his energy and effort. And, uh, you know, that's something that he needs to embrace and he's going to have, you know, a great, uh, great success by doing that. You know, it's been, it seems like it's been a while where a lot of fans have talked about the Rockets, you know, if they could just add a second playmaker, if they could add a point guard, just some help at point guard. Uh, you guys add Ty Lawson this off season. How much does that addition help this team, in your opinion? I think it's a huge, uh, huge addition. I mean, you get you get a, a proven guy that can push the ball, that can that can attack and kind of open things up. That you know, James had to play a ton of minutes this year, um, but it's not just the number of minutes; it's that he had to bring the ball up a lot this year and be the point guard and bring it up at times with, you know, certain injuries that we had that I think, you know, Ty will be able to relieve him a little bit where James might be able to play similar minutes, but, you know, have less, um, less time with where he needs to bring the ball to court and he can save some energy that way and still play similar minutes, uh, but a little bit more off the ball where he's most effective and playing off the catch and stuff like that. So I think Ty's just a great addition, a good, good fit for how we want to play where, you know he's a, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna push the ball and you know you know help us out in transition, which we're already already good at, but we'll just make us even that much better. You know, it wasn't that long ago when the Rockets uh, you know acquired James Harden that uh, you know we were asking, can this guy be a franchise player? Can this guy be a, a, a lead piece? Because he was coming from the six man role, and then you know to the point where what we saw last year, which was just uh, you know otherworldly. Did you see that season coming out of James Harden last year? Yeah, I mean James. James is a hard, hard worker. That's what I love about James. I spent um, last summer traveling with him. I went to Asia with him. I was in Vegas with him. I was all over the place with him last summer, um, working with him. And he's a guy that you know you get him in the gym, and he's going as hard as he can the whole time. He's a guy that doesn't go in. He doesn't waste reps. You know, he doesn't he doesn't cool anything. Like every time we're in the gym, James is working really hard, and so that's the thing I love about James is he's super skilled, super talented. He has a great skill set, and, you know, he goes and he works at it and he improves every day on it. So, I mean, that, that's one thing I love about James is his work ethic and how hard he goes with everything. And, you know, that's why he's, in my opinion, the best player in the NBA. So um, it's, it's the talent and the skill set he has and the work ethic that he's got. Thanks, Matt. It's uh, going to be an exciting season for the Rockets and for the Vipers as well. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out there. I, I wish you a, a ton of success out there, and uh, thank you so much for doing this. All right, Dave, I appreciate you having me on.